Welcome to the London First Baptist Church podcast. This is the Sunday morning service of July 11th from music minister Brady Ramsey. I'm so excited to get to speak to you today. Uh, Brett has been planning this trip that he was going to be gone for a few months now. So I was, when he asked me, I was like, yes, I want to do it. Um, so this morning we're going to, uh, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk. Um, so go ahead and turn to your table of contents to help you find the book of Habakkuk. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, um, so I, we just finished, uh, two weeks ago, um, our core class on the Old Testament survey, and, uh, um, I got to teach the themes and key ideas in, uh, all the books from Genesis to Malachi, and, uh, the Lord just laid the book of Habakkuk on my heart, um, because it's one that... I don't know that I've necessarily heard a wealth of sermons from. So, uh, but it is it is it is it is a it is a great book, and I hope you guys will will see that as we as we look at it this morning. So, turn to the book of Habakkuk. Um, one of the uh, one of the fun things about doing these one time sermons, uh, not doing a series, is. We're kind of jumping in the middle of a story. Uh, so for you guys that were in the, uh, in the Old Testament survey class, you kind of hopefully remember, hopefully I did a good enough job, uh, kind of helping you guys paint, uh, set, the, set the scene for where we're at. So um, I'm going to do that first, and then we'll, then we'll get into the passage. Um, before we do that, let's pray. Uh, Father God, Lord, thank you so much for, um, Lord, for, for your people gathered together. Lord, it is so encouraging for me. Uh, to, to see the people in this room that um, not only love one another, Lord, but they love you. Um, I pray, Lord, that um, as we come to your word today, that we would, we would approach your word, God, with, um, with a confidence that it is the only uh, authority that you've given um, in our lives, Lord, that we wouldn't look at Scripture and say, okay, how does my life look differently to this? Um, but Lord, you would, that we would say, uh, how can this word change my life? Lord, uh, be with me today. Give me, um, Lord, just make me a vessel um, for you to pour your spirit uh, into. And Lord, I can just uh, relay what you want um, your people to hear this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so the book of Habakkuk uh, begins in a tough time in Judah's history. Um, at this point, the 12 tribes of Israel have, um, have broken up. Uh, there is the northern kingdom, which is the kingdom of Israel. Um, it's, the, it's 10 tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel that have come together um, since the uh, fall after Solomon's reign. Um, then below that is the southern kingdom uh, that, is, that is called the, 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 the tribe of Judah. or Not the tribe of Judah, it's called the, na- the country of Judah. Uh, kingdom of Judah, and uh, it is based of two tribes, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. So by this point that Habakkuk is written, that he's, that he's, he's walking around on earth, the northern kingdom um, of, the top, of, the, of, the, of the other ten tribes of Israel have been wiped out uh, by the Assyrian Empire, and they have been exiled, um, if there were any survivors left. Uh, the southern kingdom um, was spared by God from the Assyrians, um, but this act of God's mercy was not met with obedience. Um, rather, 
this southern kingdom fell more into uh, idolatry and injustice. Um, the, the people of both Israel and Judah um, had turned from the Lord at this point. Um, God had sent prophets to try to correct them, try to help them get right, and they did not um, heed the warnings of their prophets. Um, so the Lord brought punishment to the kingdom of Israel, uh, but Judah was still around. Um, they were spared from the first uh, empire that came to uh, the land of Israel. Uh, as the Babylonians uh, rose in power, they began to take over the Assyrian Empire and the nations around Judah rise up to stand against them. Um, one, one in particular was Egypt's pharaoh uh, who asked Judah to fight alongside them um, against Babylon, but they didn't. Uh, the godly king Josiah refused because God told him not to, and he was killed by the, by the pharaoh of Egypt, and his son Jehoiakim replaced him. Um, so Habakkuk's story takes place in a time between this transition of kings. Uh, Jehoiakim is, is raised up, and uh, he is not a great king. Um, unrest and ungodliness are caused by this situation um, and are clearly seen in the story in what Habakkuk is saying. Now, Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets. So it's one of the prophets that, um, it's only a few chapters. We're actually going to get through the whole book today, so you get to tell people, that you're gonna get, you've read through a whole book of the Bible today. That's pretty cool. Uh, but it is unique in its own genre. Uh, Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, but he never really addresses the people of Israel. Um, he only ever dialogues with God and, uh, and in his own head. Um, and that's, that's what we get to see. Um, now Habakkuk uh, is... Uh, I'm, I'm going to ruin the reference. Alan, you're going to have to help me with this. Is it Seinfeld that has Festivus? Yeah, so in Festivus, what do they do? They air their grievances. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so Habakkuk is looking to air some grievances against God um, about the Israelites. Uh, the book of Habakkuk is, called, is what's called a theodicy. It is essentially a defense from God for his, um, for his actions. Um, so uh, you can see how this might not go too well for Habakkuk in trying to change uh, God's mind. Uh, so Habakkuk has two complaints for God. Uh, God's, first res- God's response to the first one leads to the second complaint, and then God answers that one as well. Um, and then to that, Habakkuk has an interesting response after, after the two grievances that have been aired. Um, and let me tell you, uh, you won't believe what God is doing in this story, um, because Habakkuk couldn't believe what God was doing. Uh, so that's what I've titled this morning's uh, message, is uh, you won't believe what God is doing, um, because God says that. Uh, so let's go ahead and start. We're going to be in chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at the first, uh, or look at verses 2 through 4. So let's go ahead and read that. Uh, it says, How long, Lord, must I call for help, and you do not listen, or cry out to you about violence, and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous and therefore justice comes out perverted. Uh, Habakkuk has some serious claims he's, 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 he's laying out. Uh, this complaint is understandable. He's looked at the people around him and sees that the people that are so-called the people of God 
uh, are guilty of injustice and, right, and, and unrighteousness that is not indicative of the God that they worship. Um, this is caused by a lack of leadership among their officials. Uh, remember, uh, as we painted the scene, uh, Josiah was the king who was, who was uh, trusting the Lord and obeyed the Lord, and then he was killed and his son Jehoiakim came, and he was not quite that. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, which is around the same time as Habakkuk, uh, says this about Jehoiakim. This is from Jeremiah 22. It says, woe for, the one, woe for the one who builds his palace through unrighteousness, his upstairs room through injustice, who makes his neighbor serve without pay and will not give him his wages, who says, I will build a massive palace with spacious upstairs rooms. He will cut windows in it and it will be paneled with cedar and painted bright red. Are you a king because you excel in cedar? Didn't your father Josiah and eat and drink and administer justice and righteousness? It went well for him. He took up the case of the poor and the needy, and it went well for him. Is, that, is this not what it means to know me? This is the Lord's declaration. But you, Jehoiakim, you have eyes and a heart for nothing except your own dishonest prophet, shedding innocent blood, and committing extortion and oppression. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. They won't mourn for him, saying, Woe, my brother. Woe, my sister. They will not mourn for him, saying, Woe, Lord. Woe, his majesty. He will be buried like a donkey, dragged off and thrown outside Jerusalem's gates. So Jehoiakim was not somebody that was um, that was following the Lord and obeying His commands, and and God tells him, "You're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be dealt with, um, and and people aren't even going to aren't even gonna be sad that you're gone. Um, it, it, it things are pretty bad in 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 the kingdom of Judah, and the, the 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 worst part about it is that the people are just like their king. So Habakkuk says, "Why is this happening, God? Why?" If you're a God of justice, why are you letting injustice happen? If you're a God of righteousness, why do you let this unrighteousness go unpunished? He, I mean, he talks about oppression and violence are right there in front of him. It's not something that you've kind of heard about. It's, it's, it's happening right in the public square. Uh, strife is ongoing and conflict escalates, Habakkuk says. Um, it is, it is, uh, this, this is a question that I'm sure we have asked before, too. Um, why does God seemingly allow the wicked to succeed? This was the question that Job had. Um, well, Job's friends put out there in front of him. Um, you're obviously going through all the things you're going through because you're wicked. Because God always deals with the wicked wickedly. right? Um, but here Habakkuk is saying, well, hold on, what's the deal? Uh, God, you're letting the wicked succeed. They're, they're not dealing with anything right now. You're, you're, you're letting them do this. Uh, sometimes we do see blatant sin seemingly go unpunished, and we, like Habakkuk, uh, want to know why at times. So, um, thankfully, God is, is, is gracious enough to give him a response to the question. Uh, look with me at verse 5. This is God's answer. It says, Look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded. For I am doing something in your days that you will not believe, even when you hear about it. Look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, 
that bitter and impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. They are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves only. Their horses are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than wolves of the night. Their horsemen charge ahead. Their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like eagles swooping to devour. All of them come to do violence. Their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build siege ramps to capture it. Then they sweep by the wind. They sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty for their strength is their God. God tells him, oh buddy, let me tell you, <laughs> judgment is coming. Judgment is on the way. Um, and it's coming from somebody you would never expect. It's coming from the Chaldeans or the Babylonians, and that's what we're going to call them. It's the same people. The Chaldeans and the Babylonians are the same people. Um, the Bible, the, the scripture here says that they, are, that they see themselves as justice and dominion over all the nations. They have a regime who is as fast as leopards, as fierce as wolves, and fly like eagles. They mock lesser kings and rule rulers um, who laugh, and, and they laugh at every fortress they come across. So Habakkuk says, Lord, deal with our people. And he says, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, and it is as if Habakkuk uh, wants the Razorbacks to get theirs and get made right. And he brings in the patriots to do it. Ew, gross. That's when you say, ew, gross. He brings in the patriots to do it. Thank you. Yes, yeah, thank you. All God's people said amen, yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, note the end of verse 11. Uh, it says, God says right there, um, says that they are guilty because their strength is their God. The Babylonians were a, were a, were a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they worshipped their own military prowess. But God uses them to deliver his judgment. So this lights Habakkuk up. He is not happy. <laughs> uh, let's look at verse 12. Let's see what he says. Are you not from eternity, Lord my God? My Holy One, you will not die. Lord, you appointed them to execute judgment. My rock, you destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you, can, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. So why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? You have made mankind like the fish of the sea, like marine creatures that have no ruler. The Chaldeans pull them all up with a hook. They catch them in their dragnet and gather them in their fishing net. And that is why they are glad and they rejoice. That is why they sacrifice to their dragnet and burn incense to their fishing net. For by these things their portion is rich and their food is plentiful. Why they therefore, will they therefore empty their net and continually slaughter mercilessly these nations? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I hope I gave the tone off that well. Uh, Habakkuk understands that, by, that Babylon is being used by God as judgment on Judah. And he's like, okay, yeah, the, the, people, the people need to be judged, but, but Babylon? Seriously, Babylon. 
He says, that's like the Patriots. No, I'm just kidding. He, did, he didn't say that's like the Patriots. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's not only coming, but it's coming from the Babylons, uh, from the Babylonians. He says, who, who's, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong line. That was, yeah, that was, okay. So he, he essentially says in verse, uh, in verse 13, he says, uh, he says, God, I, I agree that we're an evil people. Don't get me wrong. I agree that we're evil. We're bad guys. But, but they're eviler. They're badder guys. And it's, it's, it's crazy that he says this at verse 13. He says, who are you? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? And I want you to notice that wording. What did Habakkuk just say in his first complaint? He said, Lord, we're an evil people. It is an unjust and unrighteous people. But when the Babylonians come along, he says, well, Lord, we're more righteous than they are. You, you can't have both. You're either, when you're in the water, you're either wet or you're not. Right? You're wet or you're dry. You're hot or you're cold. It's light or it's dark. You, you can't, he can't, God, God, he, he, said, he, he wants to be unrighteous when it comes to the punishment, but wants to be more righteous when it comes to uh, who's, who's giving the punishment. Uh, Habakkuk, yeah. Uh, so uh, he, he, he then tries to use an analogy for God so that God will understand what he's trying to say. Uh, to, to help God understand the severity of his decision. The, Babylons gather, the Babylonians gather up all the nations like fish in a net. And then they worship how awesome the net that they made is. Uh, returning to this idea that the Babylonians are worshiping their own resources, their own strength as their God, um, which God already said that. So Habakkuk takes, takes on a quest that most people would never dream of doing, but we end up kind of doing sometimes. He's going to correct God. He's going to get God straight. Um, not only that, if you look at the, the first verse at, in chapter 2, uh, Habakkuk says, I'm just going to stand on my guard post and, I'm gonna st- I'm, and, and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what God's going to say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. He says, God, I agree that we're bad people, but you're going to bring the Babylonians. Explain yourself. I'm waiting. A dangerous place for Habakkuk to be in. Dangerous place. Uh, but uh, how often do we try to do this same thing to God? Maybe not as out in the open as, God, as, as Habakkuk is being right now. Maybe not standing on our watchtower to say, okay God, <laughs> explain yourself. Um, parents, this is like your child telling you, um, hey, I know I did that wrong thing, um, but I just think you're not parenting very right because you're disciplining me in a way that, I, that might be a little too harsh. If I was God, I know what I'd do there. <laughs> Thankfully, however, our God is much more gracious than I would be. Let's continue reading uh, in verse 2 of chapter 2. God, it says, the Lord answered me, write down this vision, 
Clearly inscribe it on your tablets so that so one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It tests about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. Look, his ego is inflated. He is without integrity. But the righteous one will live by faith. Moreover, wine betrays, and an arrogant man is never at rest. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol, and like death he is never satisfied. He gathers all the nations to himself, and he collects all the peoples for himself. God tells Habakkuk, write this down so that you, so you can come back to it and you can remember these things because they are going to happen. They're not happening right now. They haven't happened yet but they're going to happen, and I want you to know why I'm doing this and that I'm still in control while this is happening. He tells him the invasion is going to happen, and Habakkuk is right that the Babylonians are evil. Uh, but one of the key verses for this book is verse 4. And it's, just, it's hidden in there, but it's, it's a very, very important statement that, that, that we, we, can, we can see today and we can use today. It says the righteous one will live by faith. We, we, we kind of connected Habakkuk and Job in a, in earlier, um, and, but Habakkuk and Job are similar in this way as well. The righteous are not given a free pass in life um, to not have anything painful happen. Quite the opposite, actually. Uh, they've, th- both Habakkuk and Job have been told to trust in the goodness of God. In chapter 1, God told Habakkuk that he was going to do something that Habakkuk wouldn't believe, couldn't believe even after God said he's going to do it. And God was right. He's not going to believe what's, what's happening. Um, and as, as believers, we must trust that God is who he says he is, even when it's difficult to understand. And that happens more than we probably put out there in the open, that we don't understand what God's doing. But verse 4 in chapter 2 says that the righteous one will live by faith. And the entirety of the, Christ, of the Christian religion, of Christianity, is based on this idea of faith. Um, there's, there's plenty of Old Testament scriptures that are cited in New Testament scripture. Um, I, think I, I, in, I think I read somewhere that one in every seven verses in the New Testament is a quote from an Old Testament verse. Um, this verse, verse 4 in particular, is cited at least three times explicitly in the New Testament, highlighting faith's importance. Faith is, is believing in God, but it's, it's more than that, too. It is believing that God is who He said He is. I can believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but I can also believe that He's left me here. And sometimes we've been there, where we felt like God was leaving me there. David felt that way in the Psalms. He asks God outright, are you there? (laughs) But the righteous one shall live by faith. This, for time's sake, we won't won't read the the rest of chapter 2, but God, uh, after this, God shows Habakkuk that even though he is using Babylon to bring judgment to Judah, judgment will be brought against them as well. Um, God speaks five woes, five warnings, over the Babylonians' evil. He speaks a woe to their crimes of stealing property and murdering innocent lives. He speaks a woe to their greed and their covetousness. 
A woe to their cruelty. A woe to their revelry. A woe to false religion and idolatry. Believers, God is not blind to sin. There is nothing happening on this world that God doesn't know about. He wants us to bring our concerns to Him. Um, but Habakkuk is realizing that he's not, telling anything, he's not telling God anything he didn't already know. Um, he is in control of everything going on. I want you to look very quickly at uh, verse 20 of chapter 2. It says, The Lord, after, after, doing, after saying all those woes and telling Habakkuk to write all this stuff down, and, and talking about all of the evil that the Babylonians have committed and that they're going to commit, says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent in his presence. Silence is nice. Emily and I, this morning after service, we're going on vacation. And you know what we're going to do? We're just going to sit around and just let things be silent. Turn off the phone, turn off the computer, turn off the TV, and just be silent. There's rest and recovery in silence. And what God is telling Habakkuk here is, yeah, they're bad. Things are not good in the Babylonian Empire. And I'm still on my throne. And as a matter of fact, all these nations that you're concerned about, they're silent in my presence. The righteous shall live by faith in trusting that God has the silence of nations in his presence. Habakkuk responds in the only way appropriate after encounter, encountering the sovereignty of God. Let's read chapter 3, verse 2. Habakkuk says, Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. This is a different Habakkuk than we saw in the last two chapters. Um, he is humbled by the magnitude of God's knowledge and begins to worship God for his, his presence, his power, and his progress. You see, when people know the one true God, not know of him, but know the one true God, regardless of their situation, they worship him. We see this in plenty of places in Scripture. Uh, we, we, we're a people, we, we just talked about this in, in, in the core class that I'm teaching now on, on the hymns, uh, but we're a people who often forget and need to be reminded of the God we know. And that can be through preaching and teaching. That can be, that can be, uh, why, that, I mean, that's why we're here today and other times. Um, and, but, and, this, and this is why the church can't just be a Sunday morning and Wednesday night thing and call it good. Sometimes people need reminders throughout the week. And that can be remembering the sermon or that can be singing and worshiping God. Two weeks ago when we were, uh, as Brett was going through the book of Acts, we talked about Paul and Silas as they were in jail. In the, in the jail of the jails. Right? In, the, in the nasty part of the jail. And they're not sitting there whining and complaining about things. They're worshiping. There's people around them, and they're worshiping. 
Um, and it, they're, not, they're not worshiping because, uh, because it's just to pass the time. You know, they, 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 they're not because they, you know, they got bored. They're doing this because they needed to remind themselves and the ears of those around them of the goodness of God. And because they did that, in dark times, people came to know the Lord. The jailer came to know the Lord. Sometimes faith is, 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 is caused by reminding ourselves of things that we say we believe. Um, Martin, Lo- Martin Lloyd-Jones, a well-known pastor in theology, spoke to this idea. He, he, he said, have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you in the moment. Sorry, take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they have started talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody's talking. Who is talking? Yourself is talking to you. Now this, is man's, this, now, this man's treatment was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, he asks, citing the psalm. His soul has been depressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, Self, listen for a moment to this. I'm going to speak to you. Guys, we're forgetful. The, if, if we learned anything from the Old Testament in the last 12 weeks that we studied the Old Testament, we learned that people forget the good things and forget what God has done for them. And so we need to remind ourselves of that, whether it's singing, whether it's going, being, being with others that believe in Christ, that, that encourage you and push you to the way you're supposed to be. But it, but it comes by believing what we say we believe. And sometimes having faith that even though this situation that I'm in right now doesn't look like it, God is still in control of it. The, the book of Habakkuk is, is a pretty short book. Um, we've, we've pretty much gone through all of it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit one more thing in, in, a, in a moment. Uh, but, but, we, uh, we've, but as we've read this whole thing this morning, there, there, there are, it is full of important truths that we need to know. Um, but here's three that I want to I highlight and, and bring out for you. Uh, number one is that the people of God are concerned for the reputation of God. The people of God are concerned for the reputation of God. Even though Habakkuk had the outworkings of this idea wrong. Um, it is worth emulating his concern for the righteousness of the people of God. Now, that doesn't mean just sin hunting and finding every single thing that's wrong with every single person so you have the dirt to then call them out and tell them about it, right? There's still the aspect of love for your brother and to remember that there's a, there's a, there's a big old log in our eye, so um, watch, don't, don't be hunting for splinters in somebody else's, right? Um, but this concern that Habakkuk had for the reputation of God is something that a believer should seek for in their own life. They should be concerned with them. Am I 
emulating the reputation of God in the way I act, in the way I move, in the way I breathe, in the way I speak. Habakkuk was around at the same time as the prophet Jeremiah, and it is clear that the supposed people of God were not following God. Uh, in both Habakkuk and Jeremiah, we see that they are, they are not only concerned for their, uh, that, that, that the people of God are not concerned for the reputation of God, only for their own. Even in the times that the Babylonians and the Assyrians come to destroy Israel, they're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're praying to all of their gods that they've taken up. They're not just praying to God. Thankfully, God has, has raised up prophets in this time to, uh, to point the people, hey, we're doing things wrong. We need to get right. We need to do this right. And because of this, the Israelites, uh, in, including Habakkuk, miss out on the hidden justice of God that is coming through the Babylonians' uh, empire. Right? Habakkuk knew that they needed to be punished. But even Habakkuk was like, oh God, that's too much. You shouldn't do that. How often are we there? <laughs> uh, number two um, is that God is at work even when we cannot see it. God is at work even when we cannot see it. That can be from sin in our own lives, or that can just be from forgetfulness. We've talked about that. This story shows that God can use even evil things for His purposes. Just because things are going well doesn't mean that a heart is in the right place. There have been many situations and many relationships that looked nice on the outside, but man, were they volatile on the inside. Um, and a lot of times we don't hear about those things until they explode, right? So just because things look like they're going well for people does not mean they are. Does not mean that they're successful in, 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 to God's standard, right? Uh, God has the power to use anything, anyone, for His purpose. That can be evil things. That can be good things. And I pray this morning that we will be the instruments of good that God uses, not the instruments of evil. But either way, God's going to use who He chooses to use because He's God. And all nations are silent in His presence. And then lastly is this idea that the righteous one shall live by faith. The Bible makes it clear that there will be times when things don't go the way that, they, that we think they should. I can think of times this morning that things didn't go the way I thought they should. Uh, but faith is recognizing and understanding that even when we don't understand what is going on, we recognize and understand that God does. This comes from a proper understanding of God's character. Um, and through these chapters in Habakkuk, in God's gracious answers, if you think back to uh, Habakkuk saying he's going to stand at the watchtower and wait, um, man, we, I, most of us in this room agreed. We would, we, we would, we would do a, a smacking to him if, 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 it was, if, it was, if we were God. But God is gracious and God is merciful. And he, he, he brings Habakkuk to this understanding that, that, God, that God is in control and that he is not going to let things slide. He has not let one thing slide. So, uh, once he understood this, Habakkuk wrapped up his book. And I want to I read the last 
few, few verses of, of Habakkuk, it's starting in verse 16. He said, When I heard this, I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bone, and I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, even then I will celebrate in the Lord and I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. And then right there at the end, you see that it was written for, to, to be put to a song. <laughs> um, we talked about this morning in our, in, our, in our class that a lot of times you may not remember what I said this week. Um, but you might remember a song that we sang. Um, we, those catchy jingles get stuck in your head in those commercials. Um, and sometimes that's what we need to know. So, if, man, if, if, if you need to remember the righteous one shall live by faith, make your own little jingle for it today and, and sing it as you go out. Church, following God is not going to be easy in a world that so deeply despises Him. We live in a world who loves self over righteousness just like Judah was back then. So I pray that as we read the story of Habakkuk, we are reminded that we should be concerned for the reputation of God shown in our lives, that we should have confidence that He is at work and in control, and that we will live by faith. And I believe wholeheartedly that if we do these things, it won't matter if we can't believe what God's about to do, like He told Habakkuk He couldn't. Because we have faith that he is working things exactly to his plan. The righteous shall live by faith.